welcome to the show, Samson. Is it Samson? What's your last name? Is it Luce? Um, yes, dude. Many, many last names. So it's loose, <laughs> loose, but like light. Um, but in high school, they'd be like, Samson Luce, please come to the office. <laughs> that's uh, so, growing up learning, learning some Italian. That's how you'd pronounce it in Italian. Yeah. Yeah. So I have many names. And uh, dude, what an honor! I'm so grateful to be here in the now with you. How does it sound to drop into a little heart space coherency, a quick little three breath meditation? It sounds. I mean, why ask? Just let's ha- let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically, super simple, making it graceful and ease. Um, we're going to simply close our eyes, get ourselves as comfortably relaxed as we possibly can. And then from there, we're going to visualize with our intention or attention on our heart center. And then from there, we're going to simply imagine breathing in and connecting our heart with the heart of Mother Earth, breathing in the loving, nurturing, supporting energies of Pachamama up through our feet permeating every single cell in our being. And then on that exhale, allowing all of our inner chi from the inside out to settle into this sacred space of our heart. And then that second breath, we get to connect our heart to the heart of all of creation, source, soul, God, central sun, father, sky, however you choose to see that and say it. And as we're breathing in, imagine breathing in through our crown and again, permeating every single cell in our being. And then on that exhale, allowing all of our energy that we can perceive and receive from the inside out to settle into the sacred space of our heart. And then that third breath, merging the energies of earth within our being and merging the energies of sky within our being, becoming this grounded guided and guarded and protected being that we are and again on that exhale allowing everything from the inside out to settle into the sacred space of our heart where we are always safe in our natural protection it's like my favorite thing to do during the day and it's so simple too it's like you know, three breaths, give yourself that space and that mm-hmm. clarity to then have a more optimal connection with all that is, which is exciting for me. Why is that exciting for you? You know, cause for a long time, brother, um, I was doing everything that I could to get outside of myself, whether that be pharmaceutical substances, whether that be uh, victim-centric relationships that I thought was serving me, um, comparatively to now where I have the inner standing that everything that I can see and perceive and receive is all coming from me. And that paradigm shift is really magical and mystical when we're able to and empowered, embodied in our 
vessel that is this spacesuit. It's it gives us freedom in a way. That totally. The, yeah. The realizing that it's all coming from you and through you, whatever your perception is, whatever your thoughts are, your realities. It can only come from if you think it, you create it, right? Yeah. It's a and very freeing, it, freeing feeling when you have that perspective shift that you are not a victim. You are in fact the 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 author of the story. Brother, that's that's huge. I'd say that's the biggest thing, you know, is being able to in any moment we can have some external situation or even a crisis or or chaos that can come into our awareness. And we have that conscious choice to either be live, believe that these things are happening to us or these things are happening for us and by us and through us. And there's this great quote that I heard recently on living 4d shout out Paul check. Um, and it's, it's by this, uh, gentleman by the name of John Youngblood and it, and he says, only the heart can deliver justice to the mind. What does that mean? What does that mean for you? Only the heart can deliver justice to the mind. For, for me, from my experience from previously living out from the outside in versus mm -hmm. the inside out for me it's when i can allow myself to open myself up open my heart to receive what is rightfully mine the the mind for me is almost like a hamster wheel and I can get so caught in the doings and the achieving and the, the next goal or the next golden opportunity. Hmm. And sometimes I can get lost where I'm spinning my wheels. And comparatively to our heart, I think our heart is this quantum cosmic generator. Like they're saying, oh, you know, the heart just beats your blood. Well, studies have been proven through heart math, heart math institute that our heart is actually attracting everything to us. So I like to relate it to like, if you're on the side of a pond or a river or a beautiful lake and you're fishing mm -hmm. and you send that, you send that lure out and then you're, you're simply allowing you're, you're allowing and you're waiting for that moment where you feel the bite and then you feel that little bit of tension and then you pull. And so, that's how I like to accumulate and activate the heart giving justice to my mind. For example, let's say there's somebody that is pissed off or a good example is like if you're driving around in traffic and somebody cuts you off and you know, the, the reaction right away is, you know, Oh, it could be a trigger response. Mm-hmm. And the work that I have done and continue to do is ask myself, is this really true? Is it really true that this person did this to me? Or 
am I able to have a greater level of compassion for myself and the other being? And I usually paint a story in my head that helps where it's like, oh, maybe that person just really needed to take a dump or you know, let some <laughs> shit go. Yeah. And then, and then that, that trigger that, you know, autonomic nervous system puckered up feeling, um, <laughs> it transforms right in front of my eyes to, oh, okay. You know, it's all right. I can consciously respond instead mm -hmm. of react. And the times, the times previously in my life where I would be just caught in reactions, you know, something happened and I'd get triggered and I'd just go off on a, you know, a full on, uh, aggro trip, <laughs> displaced aggression. And I've found it's like, well, we can only love someone else or anything else, everything outside of ourselves to the level that we have developed the love and the compassion and the trust within ourselves. Mm. And the more that we develop these skills, because it's really a skill mm -hmm. to simply love yourself, then you become unfuckwithable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you said when you made the um, comparison to, you know, driving your car and being cut off by a someone and immediately judging them what, what came to mind is how you know we i view compassion as accepting the fact that other people are just like you in, in a way right meaning they have the same faults they have the same things in mind like yeah maybe they have to take a dump have you ever been there before <laughs> i've been there before it causes a little road rage, maybe, but not, it is not out of malice. It's out of it's self-serving, right? Yeah. Um, and you can have compassion, right? Compassion for other people is recognizing, oh, hey, maybe they have something going on that I don't know about. Just like I would have, like I would, I would have that experience. And the, the sort of caveat or the problem with compassion is that oftentimes what, and you said this very well, is the acceptance of ourselves. Like, hey, I can also be a dick sometimes. Like that guy who's cursing me out and giving me the finger. Like I could be that, but we don't want to accept that we could also be that. And so we blame, we put it on others and like protect ourselves and our ego. And because there's no way I could be that guy. Maybe I was that guy to him. Maybe he's pissed off at me because I was driving too slow and that's why he cut me off. Like there's, there's compassion goes both ways. It's accepting that you could, that you have all of these traits and you have the potential for all these traits. And also everybody else has an equal right to experience, to the human experience. That's like real compassion. And when you're on that like level, that frequency of, you know, heart beats essentially, which your heart beats, it causes a vibration, sends out a signal. That's a, that's a frequency in and of itself, compassion, compassion for others. You've mentioned a few times, Samson, that, that um, your life was crazy. You, you weren't always this heart-centered, compassionate being of light 
that we all get to see now and what was what was the transition like for you was there was there Ooh. what was going on man when when you finally realized something had to change for you and you found this thing this way forward that happened to be taking some responsibility what was that like for you great question man yeah and just to bounce back on the yeah. compassion factor i have uh one of these lyrics in one of my songs where it goes our heart beats the drum beat of our soul hmm. and the only way that we can have experiential wisdom is by doing and going through things right there's that saying the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result yeah <laughs> and for me growing up with a lot of turbulence and intensity um so i was born in bozeman montana in january of 1995 and then i grew up in northern new mexico in the taos area and I've been through, oh man, I feel like I've lived like 28 different lives and I'm 28 years old right now. <laughs> and so for a lot of my experience growing up, I would notice a lot of conflict and fight or flight victim centric mentality going on all around me. And whether it be, you know, standing on the side of a corner, flying a sign for food with my mom to a domestic violence type situation with one of my mom's partners at the time and experiencing really like hurt children that were in adult bodies, even though I was a child. And so I would reflect and resonate and be like, okay, well, I'm not safe in this world. I think that was a deep one first. And a good anchor for me is I noticed that my mom always had the mindset of extreme pessimism or just, you know, victim centric at its core. Like they did this to me, they need to pay, you need to give this to me, you know, deep. And so from a very young age, I realized, okay, well, these are the fruits that are being sown and I see the results of these actions. And so I chose, I was about 12, 13, somewhere around there. And I, I chose, okay, well, if that gets you those results from being super pessimistic, what kind of result would give me extreme radical optimism? Hmm. And so I, I just created this this skill set or this anchor in the core of myself where I was like, no matter what, everything is happening for me. Now, mind you, at this time, going through a lot of crises within my own identity of who I am, I really hated myself when I was a young youth and adolescent because I didn't know who I was. And still, there, you know, that's saying it's like, who are you? I think we are constantly evolving and expanding our potentials of who and what we are. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a real fun dance and game we, when we can gamify things. And 
So going from that state of hating myself and really loathing myself because I wanted what other people had, I was like, well, this isn't fair. Like, why do I got to experience this stuff? And now when I look back on it, I'm like, wow, I wouldn't change a thing. Even if I could hop in the hot tub time machine hmm. and go back, I wouldn't change a thing. Was it, it that was you all... were hating your, hating yourself or hating your experience that you would, that you had or your, your environment or things that were happening to you? It's a good question, man. I feel like it was both. It, it was, was both, both because, yeah. because first my environment wasn't the most optimal for peace and equanimity mm -hmm. um and then at the same time i would go into the world and go to high school or you know be hanging out with friends and i'm like well i want the things you have how come i don't have those mm -hmm. things and so it was that deep comparison or yeah you know it just really doesn't serve because it's like well wait a second there will never be another mat you are the only Matt that has ever been, will ever be, and continues to flourish and blossom. And so from that stance, it's like, we're geniuses. Hmm. And and really, like, we, you know, we are, I always say it all the time, we are bioluminescent light beings. And so the cool dance is in some of the work that I do out and about. I mean, first I'm the spring water delivery man. That's my professional gig. So I'm driving mm -hmm. around the mountains of Colorado, blessing every drop of high quality artesian spring water. And that's, that's some of the of best water I've ever had, by the way, dude. So I totally, I manifested this job. Like I was drinking this job <laughs> I was drinking this job. I was drinking this water <laughs> before I had this occupation. Yeah. Um, and I fell in love. I fell in love with it. Last and time I, think, I was in Boulder, man, I, I I stopped in a deli to to buy some water, and I saw the El Dorado spring water. I was like, "This is oh, this is Samson's thing. That's cool. He probably delivered it to this place, dude." Oh my that's god that's the fun part too. Yeah. So I had this, I had this realization a while back, like last year, um, in October and it's like, okay, whatever we're called to show up as in our environment, our world and the roles that we have accumulated for ourselves, it's like the cosmos or the universe. This one song has ordered the delivery from you and so really all we got to do is show up and so flowing back to the the dance of of loathing myself what it was is i had all of these defense mechanisms that i had mm -hmm. built up inside of myself and these shields and barriers and borders in my heart to where i really could not relate with another being because i was not able to relate with myself mm -hmm. and the dance from that comparatively to the being that is talking to you now is in every single moment, I have the ability to become consciously aware of my consciousness through a simple act of loving myself and filling myself up. And then from this place of my cup being eternally overflowing, like an artesian spring, mm -hmm. pun intended, 
um, then that just flows out into my entire world and all of the people that I get to interact with, have ever connected with, and am yet to connect with. And so it, it's a really fun dance because I've found that these triggers that we have in our world by, let's say, somebody cutting us off or any type of frustration or drama that we might run into, those triggers are accurately our blessings in disguise. They're like a, a notification or an email or, you know, like if you're listening to music too loud and your phone's like, hey, turn down your volume a little bit. You might want to protect your ears. Hmm. And so <laughs> if we're able to think about our thinking and ask ourselves, is this really true? You know, is this situation or circumstance that I'm experiencing actually you know, a deficit towards me, or is it something that is actually here that is the greatest gift that we get to keep on giving? And so I have found that when those triggers show up, that's our internal guidance system mm -hmm. directing our awareness and our attention to say, hey, would you like to make a different choice? <laughs> it's the internal notification that you yeah. receive and has sometimes the response is, I need to react and respond to that notification versus read it, check it out, and then make a decision about what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have found too, that just as much as we can have these triggers that activate our reactions, mm -hmm. we can consciously create and architect a positive or optimally beneficial trigger for ourselves. So mm. let's say you're in a deeply meditative, serene, beautiful state of your mind, whether you're at a retreat or you're with beautiful company or you're just enjoying some amazing food or whatever it is that's nourishing your sensory systems. Well, I have found that you can create a trigger within yourself by uh, a hand gesture, a word that you can tell yourself. And then what that does is it creates an anchor point for you. So just as much as we have these non-beneficial triggers, we can hop in and tap into the energies that co-create worlds for ourselves mm -hmm. and create a beneficial trigger. Instead of a, a reactive trigger, we can create responsive triggers. And I think mm -hmm. that is a beautiful responsibility that is all of our superpower. You can, I was having this conversation with someone last night, recording a podcast actually, and we were, he's in the military. This guy I was talking to, Mari, and he was talking about leadership from a militaristic perspective and his, what he does uh, in his line of work, he tr essentially trains people on leadership. and. And we were talking about that the how, what what behaviors are being reinforced when we either choose to react or or whether we react or we choose to act, and and oftentimes and I I see this because I'm raising a you know a toddler I have a one and a half year old son and he doesn't really know right from wrong yet and so he's basing all of his presupposition of what is right and what is wrong on how I react. And how I respond to his behavior, he'll, he'll like start letting some energy out, whether that's anger or frustration or joy or bliss or 
playfulness, excitement, any of these. And I talk about this so much, but he, he lets this energy through. It comes through him. And in that moment, I have an opportunity to respond in a certain way. And, and what, we, what I was talking about last night with Mari is from a leadership perspective, right? Um, there's going to be negative behavior from people, or there's going to be positive behavior from people. And what negative means is unproductive, not useful. <laughs> what positive means is productive, useful, effective, right? Valuable behavior. We all have behaviors like that ourselves, right? Like the bad habits, that, that's unproductive behavior, right? And totally. the good habits, good. Yeah, you get the idea. The, the unproductive, useless behavior, negative behavior, whether it's like you know, get falling into a, a, a procrastination or getting lazy. That's unproductive behavior, right? Whereas the getting into flow or being in good conversation with people, taking action, this is good behavior. Our brain has like a reward system that doesn't favor either of these. It rewards the one that we repeat. And so when we when we recognize poor behavior, when we react, your brain takes that as a signal to do it again. Yeah. Whereas if we, if, if you're, if you exhibit positive behavior and we, we reward that it's going to signal that to happen. Okay. Let's do this again. This is the right way. That's how we distinguish right from wrong. And so like with my son, if I recognize poor behavior, I allow it to pass. And then when I recognize good behavior, I hit it with some dopamine. <laughs> I trigger yeah. it. We create a trigger. This is much how memory works too. You can create like this really amazing memory system and remember things really easily by creating triggers and associations. Like if I want to remember something, I have to find something else to associate it to that I already mm -hmm. know. So that when I, you know, if I see this picture, and I think of a picture like I have a bat. I have a for some reason I have triple A batteries right here, double A batteries. <laughs> I don't know why. So anytime I see these batteries, that's a trigger for me to remember something that I wanted to remember, or a trigger to take an action that I wanted to take. This is exactly what you're describing, my interpretation. Um, and I love how you came to this conclusion and what I heard before, which was really cool, Samson, I heard you talking about when you're 13 and you're living in this turbulent environment with your mom and, and there's things that you want that you don't have. And you're recognizing these behaviors, these sort of negative patterns of behavior, like pessimism, and it's getting this result and you don't like that result. So you think, all right, well, if this isn't working, let me try the extreme opposite. Like, let me go to optimism and, and you just go to that side of the extreme in a way. And I, I got really curious when you were saying this and it ties into what we're just talking about, but you know, how did that manifest for you that, you know, radical optimism, did you get what you wanted from that at 13, you know, at that time? How did how did that come through? What 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 did you do? What were the triggers you created for yourself? I'm so curious. Yeah, man, it's such a it's such a potent 
you know, thing that this, this polarity game, right. This polarity dance of the spectrums of radical opposites. And even if, you know, we have a belief inside of ourselves where it's, this is my truth and this is how I think things are on the opposite spectrum of that. There is equal opposing information that is validated for whatever side we're choosing. And so I have found that um, being able to be radically optimistic and then, or and Zen, as I like to say, come back to our center to where, of course, I fall into patterns of pessimistic behavior and frustrations Mm -hmm. and get hyper reactive at times. And it's a practice. And the more that I'm able to become aware that I'm in that hijacked, you know, amygdala um, reactivity, then I'm able to give myself some breaths, step back, you know, hold the tensions of the opposites. And um, at that time, I, at that time at 13, I was radically optimistic in the sense of let me get outside of myself because it's not okay to feel my feelings. That was a big one. And so what would I do? I would mask all of my pain. I would use coping mechanisms with, you know, pharmaceutical substances, opiates, you know, uh, entheogenic compounds, mushrooms. And then at the same time, um, amphetamines as well like Adderall Mm -hmm. and so I would notice that I could take this thing bring it into myself and then I would use it with the intention to escape out of myself because I didn't want to be where I was at I didn't want I was not comfortable in my own skin even though I was still making radically optimistic choices and still having a blast and having fun Mm -hmm. with it I was miserable I was dying inside And this continued on for at least 10, 10, maybe 12 more years. Um, It's been this path that I've been on for about, I would say about seven or eight years now of completely stepping out of that paradigm of doing things to get outside of myself. And then I, again, flip the polarity, everything I do to get outside of myself now, everything I do is to get in tune with myself and create a greater Mm. level of connection with all that I am and all that I get to interact with. When did that change? When did you make that switch from getting, doing all of this, using this radical optimism to get outside of yourself versus get in tune with yourself? What was that pivot point? It, for me, (laughs) it was complete rock bottom in yeah. the depths of hell. Uh, it was like eight, nine years ago. I was living in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I had like three different cooking jobs. I was also, so I actually had like four jobs. I was also a butcher at this awesome co-op. If anybody's out in the area of Albuquerque or Santa Fe, New Mexico, mm-hmm. check out La Montanita Co-op. It is one of the greatest Mm -hmm. grocery stores in the lands that I've had the ability to walk into and work for. Um, And so Mm -hmm. around this time, 
I also had three different cooking jobs where I was cooking at like a Mexican restaurant. I was slinging hot dogs at this hot dog restaurant. And then I was working at uh, this cafe. And what was my primary motivator during that time was I was selling a lot of highly dopaminergic compounds, aka cocaine. So I was selling cocaine and I was caught up in just the most victim centric situations and dialogues and communications from, you know, consuming lots of alcohol and substances still trying to get outside of myself, which is Mm -hmm. funny. And what happened was, is I just hit, I hit rock bottom. I had business relationships, you know, that were not uh, legal (laughs) in the sense of (laughs) that were fulfilling my heart and my soul. They were really a soul sucking type of connection with these different beings. And I got burned. I had like people that owed me money and, you know, I was completely at my wits end. And what really did it for me was, I remember it just like yesterday. I, I eat a couple grams of some psilocybin mushrooms. And for some reason, I like forgot something in my car about 30 minutes into the experience. And, and I go down from the third floor of my apartment um, to walk towards my car. And this tree pulls me in, like magnetizes me in like a tractor beam from Star Trek. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, okay, I feel the urge inside of myself to just hug this tree. So, so I wrap my arms around this tree, brother, and I'm like, I love you, Mother Earth. Gave myself a deep breath in, a deep breath out. And I believe at this moment in my lifetime, in this incarnation, that was one of the first moments that I had fully surrendered to Mm. all that I am and accepted all that I am. And what proceeded to happen in these probably five seconds that I hugged this tree for it, but it felt like an eternity, bro. Like I felt like I, I like yeah. use the analogy. I was a USB drive with all of this malware and mind mm. viruses. And I got plugged into the mainframe of mother earth and she reprogrammed me. And so I like let go of this tree. But before that had happened, it felt like every single negative accumulative experience that I had experienced in this lifetime, which was, over over the hundreds um, of these stories that have been mm-hmm. anchored into my body because we know that time does not apply to our emotional body. And so what happened was I had a somatic release by being able to actually be connected to the earth and this tree. And so from the top of my head, every single drop of negativity, distortion, pain, trauma, I got juiced. And then I get supercharged up through my feet, like every single positive emotion you could Mm -hmm. ever imagine times infinity. And that still does not do it justice. I let go of this tree and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And still coming from the awareness of, oh, you know, highly dopamine driven. I want to get this experience again. Mm. was the first thought that came into my mind. And so I'm thinking about it for like a couple of days and I'm talking to people and sharing this story with a couple of people at the co-op and this dearly beloved healer by the name of Kata, she was the health and wellness uh, manager for the co-op. Mm-hmm. So she's like in the supplements and doing all this stuff. And she's a medicine woman or a curandera. And I said, 
Kata, I, I want this feeling again. Like, I want to feel it again. Like, how do I get this? You know, coming from that chasing these experiences right. and trying to externalize my energy. And she's like, no, silly. It's already in you. You've already been gifted that. So you are that. And my mind just explodes, mm. <laughs> shatters into a million pieces. And that was a really big, pivotal turning point for me because... I think it was the moment where I first had surrendered and then also opened up this space within myself to start cultivating the gardens within myself to love mm -hmm. myself and start tending the soil that is, what am I consuming? What are mm -hmm. the relationships that I have in my life that are benefiting me or, or not benefiting? What are the fruits that I am bearing from doing the work in my world and connecting with everybody. Mm. And so since that moment till now, I mean, I, I, I would find books that would jump off the shelf at me. I would, you know, run into the, the, the exact perfect person at the perfect time. We could call that synchronicity. A lot of mm -hmm. synchronicities started happening, uh, harmonic convergences of people, places, and things. And uh, started opening myself up to these gifts that were already inherently within me. I feel like within our DNA, we have the entire cosmos, the entire history of the earth or her story of the earth within our DNA, within our telomeres. And whenever we're stressed out, our DNA starts to shrink and contract. Mm -hmm. And so being able to release all of these stresses and find more cultivation of heart and love in my life, my DNA would start to expand and expand. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I would have a greater level of structure to receive information from the cosmos, from source, from God, however we want to choose it, see it and say it. And I believe that's what it was. I got cracked open. My cosmic egg just got cracked open and it turned into a beautiful omelet and, and then from, <laughs> from that from that space in place I uh some stuff happened I ended up getting evicted from that apartment that I was living in just these like series of quote-unquote unfortunate but in my mind now they were very fortunate events of things being just let go and cut off and without, without my conscious awareness of them and then, you know, thinking like, woe is me, you know, how can this be happening for me? Yeah, but things just started to happen and you had the wherewithal to recognize, okay, this is something that, this is on purpose. There's a reason this stuff is happening. I imagine to displace you from where you, like your current environment, like essentially cut you off from where you, from the, like whatever energies were feeding you at the time and move you into a different like place. And what's, what's awesome, Samson, like when you talked about being magnetized to that tree and receiving all of this information, this getting this sort of download, it was like, uh, you know, having all the bugs fixed, right. And <laughs> your software yeah. getting us, I like to call it a software upgrade. Totally. And, um, uh, and realizing what I, what I'm recognizing is that what you actually just realized, you, like what we talked about before, like you're the author, you're the creator, you have the choices here and things aren't happening 
to you. They happened through you. We've heard all of these things before. Yeah. And also, when you reference, like, immediately after that, thinking, hey, I want to go and get more of this, like, that having that, uh, you know, being very dopamine-driven at the time, I imagine, right? And then having the realization that, okay, I'm not going to get this from an external source. It's actually coming from inside. I create my environment, my internal environment, and my external environment as a result of that. There's the powerful lesson there is going from external reward system to internal reward system and realizing that it's 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 there it's always there in all ways when we choose to tap into that when you choose to tap into that feeling man it's so cool because you can recognize this and anyone listening you know who's been there has been like down or feeling out or, or is in the position where they're chasing some feeling so that they can detach from themselves to recognize that what you're actually chasing is something that's going to get you in tune with yourself but you can do that without the external thing without the substance or the trigger that gives you some feelingness of being alive you can just do that on your own and it's and it's not hard it's not like you have to do some intense breath work or meditation just make the decision like hey oh oh wait i can do this cool yeah and then it becomes a lot more graceful yeah (laughs) yeah it becomes a lot more graceful you know it's like when we when we stop externally externalizing ourselves and our validations of who and what we think we are from the outside and we really start to work from the inside out and we get to validate or validate ourselves. Validate the inside good word. Good word. Sounds pretty good. Doesn't it? <laughs> and and it, it then it becomes more of a dance. It's like, you know, yeah. the 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 cosmos are requesting your participation versus mm-hmm. oh, I have to go to work, you know. These spells that we're telling ourselves versus, oh, I get to go to work. I get to pick things up and put them down. At least that's <laughs> I pick things up and I put them down. I then... get to contribute in my own way. That's what happens. And when you said before, like you sort of, uh, before you even worked for this company you're working for, you were, you, you felt that it was made for you in a way and it found you right it just sort of happened and now you get to go to work to yeah. do your work you get to go and do your work man yeah 111 and just show up and just be you yeah which what what a oh, gift rad. that is you know <laughs> when we get to just be ourselves you know when we get to you know embody all that we are and feel okay in our own skin and and release these doubts of who and what we think we should be to you know becoming all that we can be and then it's more enlivening it's more vibrant it's more joyous and don't get me wrong i still go out in the world sometimes and i'm like i really don't want to do this today i'd much rather just be you know chilling ripping volcano bags and (laughs) doing breath work or whatever whatever i want to be doing and I've found that when I can get out of my own way and show up for myself and then all beings, the 
the magic and the great mystery of that is everlastingly unfolding for us all. Because how how do I know where you know it's like it's like the the inner verse is saying, okay, th- these are where you're going. I have my stops for the day, right? And I'm I have this map of these different houses that I'm going to deliver to, and based on my mental emotional well being or harmonic heart coherency. I can be in a shitty mood. And I learned this back when I was cooking. So I started cooking when I was 10 years old in Northern New Mexico. So that's like my first occupation. I'm still a chef. Um, and I, I learned this early that my mental, emotional projections into whatever I'm doing has an impact in the entire 360 degrees in all miles throughout the entire cosmos. And so I've noticed that if I'm in a stinking thinking or a shitty attitude and I'm delivering water, water has the ability, it's like a liquid memory bank. So it has the ability, water has an infinite source to store, receive, and transmit mm-hmm. energies and information. And so if I'm picking these jugs up and I'm pissed off about whatever this person did or didn't do or where I want to be or where I'm not at yet, then I believe all of that energy that I have that's a distortion or that could be a lower energy vibration Mm -hmm. gets anchored into every drop of water. And so I have found that if I can get out of my own way and I can show up and I can smile, I can breathe, I can make any moment joyful, even if it seems like I'm in the depths of hell, that energy that is in within me goes out and it anchors into these water molecules that are already super structured by the earth right and i get to supercharge them i get to bring an even higher level of natural structure and flow to the water energetically and then it it tastes so good that's why that el dorado spring water tastes so good (laughs) yes dude it's literally holy water (laughs) and if you think about it because 99% of our cells are water. And then depending on our hydration levels, we're about 60 to 70, 80% um, hydrated with water. Then think about it. When you're dehydrated, you have less structure in your mm. life. And when you have more water in your being and you're connecting with it, and even something simple, like even if it's your tap water and it's not, you know, it's all you have, you can speak to your glass of water and say, I love you. And it Mm -hmm. completely changes the subatomic spin of the water molecules in that vessel Mm -hmm. that you have for yourself. And then you bring that into yourself and then you are naturally more structured and ready to be in flow in your environment. And Mm -hmm. the things that I've seen just by driving around and delivering to these multi-million, you know, villas on the top of the peaks of Boulder to (laughs) the jail at the top of Blackhawk, which is like a casino in the mountains. Yeah. And the, the difference is that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've heard that saying how we do one thing is how we do everything. Well, mm-hmm. that might not be accurate. That might be a, a truth, but how we do one thing is how we do one thing. Mm-hmm. So the dance is really is like, if I can treat every single person, place and thing as they are the most important person place being in the entire cosmos then that's the the love is a boomerang effect i have mm. found and so the more that i could show up get out of my own way and deliver my heart mm. and my soul 
in whatever I'm doing. If I'm cooking a burger in downtown Denver to, mm-hmm. you know, dropping off to the villa, I have found that it's adding an in combination with my energetic frequency, energy, and vibration, mm-hmm. interacting with all the beings that I get to interact with, and the byproduct of having a more conscious connection with where our mental, emotional state is at Mm -hmm. that is an added added on like roll on effect to where it's the gift that gets to keep on giving like i'll pull up to a house some i I can feel somebody's energy and they might be in a lower vibration caught in some stinking thinking or overthinking stuff and a good example was like a couple weeks ago i was driving up here to the peaks of boulder and this guy is like, oh, you know, I'm like, how's it going? You know, what's the highlight of your day? It's my favorite thing to ask people. And the answers are just so robust and different, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is oh, fun for me. And uh, this guy in this in this certain moment was like, man, it's, I'm not doing too good. He's like, I'm moving out of here. And I'm like, well, that's grand. <laughs> he stops and he's like, interruption. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. And then I was like, well, you know, if we smile and we breathe, we can make any moment joyful. And he just mm. perplexed, dude. His entire <laughs> his brain just takes this, his reticular activating system just goes on a complete shift. And he like stops, turns around because he was walking back inside in his garage. And he turns around. And he's like, you're my Zen water guy. <laughs> and walks away. And I was like, hey, man, I am because you are. Have a wonderful, blessed day. You know, <laughs> it's like something so simple and so <laughs> subtle you know it's the little subtleties oh, man. and and that shifted probably his entire experience maybe he was you know packing up some boxes totally. and not enjoying his experience in the moment and then you know after that less than five minute encounter with this wild shamanic water dude <laughs> his entire world <laughs> gets, gets rocked and shaken to his core because it's so like, strange for him like it's out of his yeah ordinary and what's and to highlight something that you are consciously doing by the way and this is a great little um thing like like people can go out and try this right now like if if you typically have mostly toxic or negative relationships in your life imagine this phrase people tend to reciprocate with the same energy that you show up with yep and so like, I, I'm just thinking about this, like there's different people in my life. Some of them I see at a higher frequency more often. Some of them I see at a lower frequency. And if I make sure that regardless of how often I see someone, every interaction is positive. I imagine what's going to happen in return is I'll get a positive interaction back. It's like, Hey, I'm giving this thing. And I, I, expect in a way to receive the same thing back right and and if that's love that's cool that means that no matter what sort of interactions i have throughout the day i'm being met with love what a cool opportunity that is and if you can look around you and notice the little relationships that you have the small ones the big ones and and realize you know, some of them you're, you're being met with hostility or discourse or um, struggle, right? Frustration, maybe dis- maybe just discontent or um, someone's not even speaking to you. You know, imagine, just think about it for a moment. What, what are you putting out 
as the expectation here. Because we set our expectations before we even step out into the playing field, you know? Yeah. My my mother came to visit today. <laughs> and she she and I have had a tumultuous, tumultuous relationship throughout our lifetime together, right? Her lifetime is double mine, so can't really speak on that, but at least for the lifetime that we've had together, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of like butting heads, conflict, right? I'm banging my fists together for people who are listening. <laughs> and uh well, if I expect that, what is, what what do you think I'm gonna get? I'm gonna get that. And, yeah. And, and here you are, Samson, like going around and creating all of these like interconnections, these webs, like a spider. You're just creating new like connections to people that are made out of the thing you want more of in your life. Yeah. Networks. It's your network. Yeah. It's literally like, cause I also make, I'm also like an art therapist too. So I make these like epoxy <laughs> resin, you know, uh, like little pieces. And so the cool thing is, is everything that you do when you're making an epoxy resin type co-creation mm-hmm. is you mix up two parts of the epoxy. One's your, your hardener and one's your, your resin. And there's a chemical reaction that happens once you start mixing them together and you do equal parts and then you pour it into a mold. And the cool part is, is the mold is inverted. So it's upside down. And so you get to reverse engineer your co-creation. And one of my favoriteest things to do is I make these little puzzle pieces. I get like a 18 piece puzzle piece mold from Michaels or whatever, and they connect to each other. Mm. And so one of my favorite things that I actually fell off from, I haven't done it for like five, five months. Last time I made some, I was in Virginia at the lake house. And what I like to do is I'll go out and about in my world and I'll walk up to somebody that I feel a connection with. And this could be a hobo on the side of the grocery store down on his luck, maybe relapsing to a multimillionaire business individual at the, Mm -hmm. you know, 38th floor of a high rise in downtown Denver. And I'll walk up to him and I'll hand them a little puzzle piece and I'll say, you are the missing link. And then I will explain that we are all the central node that is the network of our life. And depending on our, awareness and our ability to be a soul alchemist right because we could all meet the energies or the energy of the world let's say somebody's pissed off at you you can meet them with that reaction right you can meet them with their same energy and i have found that the real alchemy is turning that lead into gold turning that water into wine by us meeting that energy breathing and then choosing a different choice and instead of a re- hyper-reactive, and sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's meant to be, too, also. I feel like, you know, it's a dance. You have an argument with your significant other. Or you have an argument with your parents or somebody that you love. I feel like that conflict, you know, the butting heads, is necessary at times. Because that even, you know, moves the stagnant waters, let's say. And we get to stagnate to regenerate. So stagnation, I feel like all these different flavors and... We're all on a sacred path that is our life. And we're all exactly where we need to be. And we're exactly curious, where we dude, want to what be. What is your uh what's the what happens when you hand people that puzzle piece? I'm so 
you just so, grabbed my attention there. What's the typical response to that? Surprise. Um, okay. Appreciation. And another cool thing too, is I'm a master level angelic Reiki teacher and healer. And so How many things are you and what aren't you? <laughs> You've well, mentioned like- a few things, delivery driver for like spring water, right? Chef, art artist, Reiki healer. Like- what else? <laughs> I like to think of myself as like a quantum metaphysician. Okay. And and so the the way I could see it is the more I can like step away from labels and it's cool that you brought up expectations too. I've been having this practice of as of recently of releasing my expectations. And the more that I can release my expectations, give love, expect nothing and just open up my heart to receive what is rightfully mine. Um so so back to the puzzle piece thing. I'll give somebody a puzzle. And the cool thing is, is I have a practice or a way of how I make my art pieces to where every time I'm making my art, it's actually a Reiki session. So I'm literally anchoring in angelic, ascended, and intergalactic healer energies, frequencies, and vibrations into each piece that I'm creating. And so I like to think about it. Anybody who has ever is going to get a piece from me or will ever get one of my art creations or make art with me, what you're actually doing is you are getting a Reiki session from me through the quantum. So anytime somebody like picks up a puzzle piece that I have given Mm. them in the past, they're literally getting a healing from me, but it's from themselves because the way I see it is being a healer as one of my modalities. It's not my occupation or my job or my work to heal them. That's not what it's about. What it is, is I open up my field and their field open, help them open their field up to remember that they get to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what it is. It's not that I have to, or get to go out and heal the world. In my mind, the world is already healed, whole and complete. It's just, we've forgotten. Mm -hmm. It's a process of remembering. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the re-memory of, wait a second, what's my natural state? Mm -hmm. If I am an abundant bioluminescent light being, then my natural state is abundance. And we're all abundant, right? Just sometimes we might be abundant with things we necessarily don't want, which is still abundance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Comparatively to having an, an abundance of things that we accurately do want and would like to become and the coolest thing i'm sure you've heard this before too where it's if you want something just become the energetic resonance of that thing Mm -hmm. and it just it just comes to you it's like fishing it's like be the uh, be the person who can receive that be the type of person who already has that thing that you want yeah exactly and then it just shows up because because you are that already inherently right Right. and so it's like if we want more money or we want more connections or we want whatever it is that we're desiring and we're allured by if we can drop into our heart breathe as we already have Mm -hmm. then then the the byproduct of that is we are already that (laughs) and so there really is nothing to chase it simply is a game of replacing and so it's re- replacing the things that don't serve us anymore with things that are more beneficial creating more discernment mm. for ourselves. There goes the, the, the concept again of 
identifying unproductive versus productive behavior and totally. and re simply replacing one with the other and when we reinforce the productive stuff the good stuff the good feels we we add to that the natural byproduct is the other stuff will simply fall to the side disappear yeah there's this there's this great saying in the kitchens and it's a french term and it's it's mise en place and what it means is everything in its place so let's say if you're about to cook an omelet or you're going to cook whatever it is this recipe what's up little man someone's wanted to say hi say hello hi buddy hello <laughs> oh so beautiful you can talk into the microphone what do you want to say though what would you like to say opening our heart to receive <laughs> Mic check, mic check. See, he looks like he's about to spit something, like lay down some, to, some verses, maybe. You about to you drop got? some bars, little man. Or what is or, your heart coherency or leave, saying? Leave some wisdom for us. <laughs> Dude, the, the wisdom was his presence. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Talk about a being of light. Dude, that's, that's what children are. You know, I love the idea of the, the fountain of youth. Mm. you know how uh we're the belief is that when you find the fountain of youth you live forever right yeah you, you're blessed with unlimited health and vitality yeah. what i what i believe i choose to believe this is like we have that case in point there's a child here um and have you ever heard the saying um youth is wasted on the young <laughs> Have you heard that saying heard, before? I've heard that before. See, I, I hear that, and I, there's a victim mentality, like, undercurrent in that phrase, in that statement. And here's another way of thinking about youth is gifted to the young. And whenever, whenever I have a feeling like oh, I'm getting old, like my knees hurt, my back hurts, <laughs> stress, <laughs> bills all of this stuff. And then I remember, I realize I look at my son who's like innocent, playful and curious, and he hasn't been tainted yet with any of that stuff. His, yeah. his youth hasn't been taken away from him or conditioned. Condi right. <laughs> the, the truth is like, he, he's, he's giving me the gift of like remembering that I can yeah. also be I can just be playful and curious and like, he just walked in here and wanted to give, give me some love. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. He, he did exactly that. He's just a beam of light. And we, we have that capacity too, which is awesome. You know, we have so totally. much capacity within ourselves to get exactly what we want out of life. In fact, we have everything we want already. If you're unhappy with your situation, you know, think about what you actually want because mm. you have it. You just, it, it's like, what are you putting out? Cause that's what you really, you really think about on the topic of the fountain of youth. Then we find that fountain of youth when we realize, I, I think it's when we have kids because when I had a kid, it's when all this started to come into like my awareness, we gain, we gain access to our youth. 
through a process yes. of remembering. And every time I got watch this, him learn things, and I'm like, oh wait, I did that once. When did yeah. I stop? When yeah, what I happened? Stop? Right, what happened? When did I give that up? Because it's not, it wasn't taken from me. I gave it up. Mm -hmm. I made a choice at one point to not be curious, to not be playful, to not be kind to this soul, this other being, to not be like reciprocating of abundance, to not be like joyful all the time. Gave yeah. that up at some point. And we, we get the opportunity to remember that. If we don't take advantage of the opportunity, however, like it gets it, we might forget again. Mm -hmm. The fountain of youth is just like that. It's it's when we get to remember, it's it, we have it. And, and you know, I know people in their eighties, nineties, people who are up there in age, um, who are plenty youthful. Same, right? Yeah, it's it's wild because it's like, okay, well, what happened from us being that naturally radiant? you know, curious, joyful being to, oh, I got to go to work. I got to pay bills, all these got to's and have yeah. to's and all this pressure language that we have on ourselves to where we, we stopped enjoying being alone with ourselves. You know, like a shaman, a shaman will typically ask, you know, when did you stop enjoying being alone with yourself? When did you stop enjoying the magic, the mystery and the offer life? When did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop loving yourself and all that you are? And it's for me being one of my other modalities is like, I'm an inner, inner child guide. Um, it's basically the art of the inner glow. So we've heard of people like, Oh, look at her on her wedding day. She's glowing, hmm. you know? Well, actually that's all of our natural abundant state of she's being. Just, she's living out a childhood fantasy. So of course she's going to be glowing. <laughs> exactly yeah. and so so these th this child you know it's like oh you're so childish it's like well wait a second that's actually something that we all could be more mm -hmm. active with right not in the sense of childish in neglecting our responsibilities or whatever you know that sense but i think it's this including and then transcending so we can Remember to be childlike always, no matter how old we are. And I believe that's the fountain of youth because you are vital and vibrant within your being. And what happened in those times where we were growing up and getting conditioned and became adults and grown ups? Because the way I see it, if I look out in the world, there is a lot of grown ass children walking around. <laughs> projecting and you know just throwing temper tantrums <laughs> because things are not going their way <laughs> and i have found that well wait a second everything's always going our way because how could it not <laughs> at least that's my super optimism my superpower of optimism <laughs> and i've found that these moments especially for myself these moments when i was a youth i would stop shining my light because an adult would say, oh, don't do that. Maybe I, I got an adult uncomfortable or mm -hmm. something I ran into where I was like, okay, wait a second. It's not okay for me to be myself here. Right. And so what, what happened was, is those things just stacked on top of each other and compounded interest to where 
I was walking around as a shell of who I am. And so now that, I, that, uh, that behavior that you were exhibiting wasn't exactly met with appreciation. Exactly. And so you, and so you made the, you created this conditioning that it was not appropriate and, yeah. believe, and, and acted as if that was true. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, we created these identities of, well, it's not okay to be this certain way because that's not culturally accepted or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like, oh, if you're a man, don't cry, right? Like, that's a weird spell that's in our world when actually crying is the most beneficial thing for us because it's literally structured water from our mm. vessel, from our light, conscious, embodied being that How is a homeopathic <laughs> dose. Dude, that's we're what I'm saying. Can, I love like it. Like, if we're made to, if we can cry, then we should cry. Totally. Right. I mean, if who's in charge of this, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like these, these like culturally accepted yeah. norms. Right. And actually it's just squeezing the vitality and the life force out of us yeah. because it's like, no, listen, you're a square. And it's like, well, wait a second. I'm a circle. And it's like, nope, you're going to fit you into this square mold <laughs> and you might was, fit in there. And I was, it was a while back, but I was talking about like, men's emotions on instagram <laughs> um emotional stuff and and i put out a i think i put out a poll on instagram like have you ever felt this and i get a response a dm a direct message and the guy was like we're not supposed to talk about this stuff <laughs> well what are we supposed to talk about then cool <laughs> What do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, man. I feel like it's open source nowadays, right? Yeah. Like anything we're we're pushing under the rug, it's just gonna be in our subconscious and it's gonna it's gonna come back to bite us eventually. You know, it's like Mark Twain said, if history don't repeat itself, it certainly rhymes. It rhymes, yeah. <laughs> What's your next delivery? Today? Yeah. Mm, Where are you headed? I, I am currently in boulder canyon and i will be delivering to all of these beautiful sacred um houses in between from the peaks of boulder to about like ward it's called this is one of the other towns you have have good cell service in boulder canyon oh yeah yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I placed myself juxtaposed to get the most mm. optimal service. And then I also have a little signal booster that's oh, giving perfect. me, and I say 5G's healing me, yeah. you know, that's the type of consciousness I'm on to where it's like, <laughs> some people could be like next to a 5G tower and they're like EMF protection and wear the, the shirts and the hats and the suits and all this. And dude, I'm like blinged out head to toe with all these copper You're an positive energy. Yeah. <laughs> dude. Dude, and we're all antennas. We're all antennas, you know? and you're just transmitting that en- that energy, turning it into the right kind of energy. Yeah, I mean, I, I accept all vibes, not just good vibes only, because I'm an alchemist, and I can take whatever you, you can throw yeah. me. <laughs> cool. Hi. <laughs> oh man, Samson, we could we could chat all day. This is this is so much fun. Dude, yeah, we could. I'm I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it wind up to the full circle completion loop. Wanted to throw in a couple of things or add in a couple of things. Do. So it's I think what we've communicated on this 
um, beautiful sacred convergence and communication is the head spaces versus the heart spaciousness. Um, I recently heard Mark England drop some gold, which that's usual because a wizard. Thank you. Thank you and lifted. I love you all. Um, Mark England said, explore your interests, develop your passions and commit to your purposes. So we get to start and keep glowing, going and flowing with all that we are, um, with love, thankfulness, joy, and compassion, because why not? Well said. Thanks brother. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, all the blessings that I, we all have ever received are eternally receiving and infinitely yet to receive blessed beyond the measures. Thank you, man. Thank you, Shamsen. This was this was an adventure with you. I imagine Thanks, the listeners brother. will wholeheartedly agree. Like they just maybe they maybe they listen to this podcast while they're driving somewhere. And man, I I, I like to think of driving sometimes as like you enter into a time machine because you're you're, you're accelerating and you're going into a machine. <laughs> And the, the the goal is you're going to be somewhere else <laughs> when you're done. Yeah. And somewhere else physically is also somewhere else in time. So it's a time machine. There's science there. Yeah, and they just went right. on an adventure. They made that that travel, that that little trip, just a little extra fun. And adventurous with you, with me. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you for this. Thanks for blessing us with your energy and your words and your kindness and putting all of that into the world I, you know i'll use the word should sometimes there there should be more people like like you putting that energy out into the world i imagine we'll we'll have uh at the very least we'll have way more fun yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, brother. That's a deep, deep uh, reflection. And and I am because you are. So sure. thank you for all you do and be, brother. And anyone who's listening to this, um, I, I reflect back to that quote by Gandhi very often. You know, we get to be the change that which we want to see in this world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why not? You know, we could we could do the other things. And like I said at the beginning, man, insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we release our expectations, open up our heart, love ourselves, and then that just flows out into the entire cosmos. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm 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 here to be of service. If anybody needs any assistance or any guidance and wisdom mm-hmm. from me, please uh please reach in and then reach out. I always say, uh, if you ever need any help, I'm I'm deeply connected with the entheogenic fields and psychoactive compounds, and mm-hmm. working on being more of a facilitator and a guide in the physical. But I do a lot of my work in the astral dimensions or in the dream worlds. And so I like to say, if anybody's having a challenging or a golden opportunity type experience where you might be running into a lot of your shadows and uh, your density, you can legit invoke or evoke my name. Just say Samson. Hey, I need some help. And my spirit will come and help you. So mm. I like to throw that in there. I was going to say, just put your hands into the earth and take a deep breath and you might show up. Um, that, that too. For those of you who, who want to 
talk to you, interact with you. You're you're on Instagram. That seems to be the best way anyone can just reach anyone these days. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Which Their is social is business card. Pretty awesome. Uh, so you guys can find him on Instagram. I'll tag the link and um, enjoy the rest of your day, man. Appreciate this. Brother, thank you so much for all you do and be again and uh, have the best blessed here and now ever and just keep rolling it forward, man. You know, we're living in the greatest time to ever be alive. I would just like to remind us all of that beautiful accuracy and that it's a fact is even despite all the chaos and changes and shifts that are happening, that's when we can make the greatest impact within ourselves and our lives and every being that we get to interact with because things are already unstable. So it's like, pick a direction <laughs> and all is well in all of co-creation. So all of me loves and, and thanks all of you. And um, yeah, appreciate you. Look forward to connecting and anchoring in the physical. I know that's going to happen soon. We've been dancing around each other. It will. But, uh, yeah. It definitely will. And uh, yeah, if y'all need anything at all, I am a deep artesian wellspring of wisdom and guidance for myself and all beings. So appreciate y'all. Yeah. Blessings on all your journeys, voyages, and travels, dearly beloveds. 